Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. So we are in a series called Values for Life, and values are the beliefs that determine your behavior. Um, If you value honesty, then you're going to be an honest person. It's not something someone has to convince you to do. It's a value that's embedded in your heart. Now, you might say, I believe in honesty, but how you live your life really determines your values. Come on. If I follow you around, I'm going to know what your values are. You might say you believe certain things, but how you live your life really determines what you value and what's important to you. Can you say amen? And in this series, we want to really evaluate how your values line up with God's values because in the end, it's what God values that's really important. Anybody in the house interested in making sure that your values line up with God's values? Come on, just wave at me. Yeah, I want to see that as well. Amen. Last week, we talked about the value of community. God doesn't want you doing life alone. He wants you doing it in community. Uh, You may have some friends. There may be some folk watching today that you've pretty much been in your house since March because you're, you're compromised. You don't want to get out there and you want to get sick. And you are feeling the repercussions of kind of being alone, stuck in the house. How many of you have a relative or somebody you know that's kind of in that state? And, and they're not doing that well. They're, they're feeling kind of the depression, the discouragement. And the answer to that is community. And if you didn't sign up for an e-group last week, if you're already in an e-group, no need to do anything. But we are going to launch e-groups again the second week in September. And we'll give more information. Your e-group leader will get a hold of you how you're going to meet, whether that's in person, whether that's through Zoom, whether that's coming to the church. We have bigger rooms. Um, But we really want to get community flowing again in our midst. And if you're not in an e-group, you can go to our easternassembly.org website page and under events. You will see two things there. You'll see the ability to sign up for the web for an e-group and also the ability to sign up for the marriage seminar. So I highly encourage you. And if you're watching us today, if you're watching online and you're online because you don't yet feel comfortable coming to church, if you'll sign up for an e-group, there is the, the opportunity at the end to sign up for a virtual e-group. We'd like to also offer an e-group for those who don't feel comfortable meeting that you could still have community through Zoom. Can somebody in the house say Amen. Today we're going to talk about a really important value. So important is this value to God that God basically says, if you don't get this value, it's not going to go well with you. How many of you in your seat would like to say, I'd like it to go well with me in my relationship with God. I'd like God to bless me. Two, three, seven, eight. Come on, somebody. Then you're going to want to listen to what I have to say today. Today we are going to talk about honor. It is a value that's being threatened in our culture. And if you could look, how many of you know the Bible says that our, that our battle is not against flesh and blood? That underlying the things you see in the surface is a spiritual battle going on. And what I see the enemy trying to do is so dishonor into every life in America because if he can get you to dishonor and ultimately uh, perpetuate a dishonoring society, God will not be able to bless them. Okay, he will not be able to bless him. Okay, if you want to be honored, you have to honor. You know, there was a time not that long ago that if, if you were a police officer, 
It was an honorable profession. You were taught to honor police officers. Now police officers are dodging rocks and bullets. I got this picture. Some of you may have read the news Monday in Baltimore City. There was a, a little bit of a police chase, and, and one of the uh, convicts got out of the car that the police were chasing and fired back. At the, this is the officer's car they fired back. There's 10 bullet holes in that windshield. Apart from the officer wearing a protective vest, he would have been killed. Come on, what, what, what is happening in our culture? Can I, can, I, can I just tell you this right now? You're never gonna win honor by dishonoring. You're never gonna change anything about anything by trying to dishonor what God has called to honor. Are you listening this morning? There was a time not long ago that if you were the president of the United States, you were honored. Even if people didn't like you, they understood that because of the position that you sat in, it was a position worthy of honor. Can we get real today? Say, go ahead, Pastor. If our president walked through the door because he just wanted to attend service here, because he heard such great things are happening at Easter Assembly, he wanted to check it out. And, and it was a surprise to me. And I, I said, man, the President of the United States is here to worship with us. Could we, could we all stand to honor him? I dare say there'd be some who would have a hard time doing that. Let's turn it around just to make sure I get everyone in here. If Nancy Pelosi walked through the doors. No, no, don't, don't, don't do this. Come on now. Nancy Pelosi. And I said, look, as Speaker of the House, could we honor? What if she sincerely came to hear the gospel? And what if our dishonor of him shut, the, shut, shut her door to hear? Come on, there's things to say. I, I believe, listen, I believe how the church reacts in light of what's going on in our culture is going to determine God's ability to send the lost in. I really do. If, if we dishonor like our society is, it's not going to be good. Come on, somebody. Are you listening this morning? You look back over the generations and you see periods of unrest and upheaval in our nation. There was the racial unrest in the 60s. There was tension with the Vietnam War in the late 60s, moving into the 70s. There became a mistrust with authority through presidential messes with Nixon and Clinton. Then spiritual leaders came into question, in particular with the number of Catholic priests that molested children. It was covered up. And now the attention is on the police. And certainly it's okay to talk about injustice. It's okay to do a peaceful protest about injustice. But what does God say about it? Isn't that what really matters? Somebody say, go ahead, Pastor. Somebody online, right? Go ahead, Pastor. Here's what God says. 1 Peter 2.17. Matter of fact, why don't you all, even online, why don't you all read it with me, okay? On three. One, two, three. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Let's walk through that one at a time. Honor all people. Listen, why is it okay to honor somebody that you vehemently disagree with? Why, why can you honor them? It's really quite simple. Because the person who stands in front of you was created by God. Jesus paid a dear price for their redemption. God gave them the color of skin that they have. That comes from God. Come on, somebody. There's no mistake. And, and, and God asks you to honor others, not based on your agreement with them, but simply based on the value that they have because they were created by God. Do you understand that? 
we, we, we don't see in the world. If you take God out of the picture, then I honor who I want to honor and dishonor who I want to honor because it's all about me. You put God in the picture, and now suddenly I look at people different. You're, you're not just somebody who disagrees with me that I want to cancel. You're somebody created in the image of God that has tremendous value. Come on. There have been times over the years when maybe I've preached a message and I get a call and say, Pastor, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about that message. I, I, I don't know that I agree with you. I don't know if I agree what your church believes. Can we talk about it? So they come into my office, talk about scripture. We talk about things. And we may not come to agreement, but it's very important to me that when they leave that office, they at least know that I respect them and I was not dishonorable to them even though they might have been in disagreement with me. Do you feel the same way about how you treat people? 2 Timothy chapter two says this, and the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to those who agree with him. Pay attention now. He must be kind to everyone. Able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must vehemently oppose. Those who oppose him, he must, help me church, gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Let me say it again. You can honor anybody who stands in front of you because they ultimately were created by God and have great value because they're his. Anybody listening in the house this morning? And then Peter goes on and he says, love the brotherhood. Hey, you know, you know where love and honor starts? It starts in the house of God. If we can't love each other uh, and we're mostly in agreement, what are we gonna do when we get outside these doors? This is good practicing grounds in here for loving one another. Can you say amen? And then Peter wrote, fear God. Do you know why people in our culture find it so easy to dishonor? Somebody say, why? Because they've lost all sense of a fear of God. It's now all about them. You don't agree with me, chum? I'm gonna cancel you out. You know, you take God out of the picture. You put God in the picture, and then suddenly you understand we have accountability for our actions towards others because of our fear of God. Come on, somebody. And, and let me say something to somebody in the house today or somebody listening online. Honor starts... By recognizing God put you on this earth first and foremost to honor him. There is somebody in this universe who is worthy of all the honor, all the praise. Come on, the one who loved you enough to create you, to die for you when you were lost and gone. Honor starts when you bow your knee and recognize there is one who is worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise. Say his name. We sang about it earlier, Jesus. That's why Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then Peter wrote, honor the king. Now, here's what's so interesting with me. Don't, stick, stick with me. Just, just, just slap yourself a little. Make sure you're still awake this morning. Some of you went to bed too late, too late last night. Listen. Who was the king when Peter wrote these words? Say, tell us, pastor. It was Nero. Nero was the emperor of Rome when Peter wrote those words. And Nero was a very wicked emperor. He persecuted Christians. And how many of you know how Peter died? Peter died hanging upside down on a cross under the reign of Nero. Whether, whether Nero allowed it or whether he commanded it, Peter died under his reign, okay? And yet Peter wrote 
honor the king. So quite obviously, honor can't have anything to do really with whether someone deserves it, but more so about the position that they sit in. We'll talk more about that. In 2 Peter, there's not a lot of distance between 1 and 2 Peter, maybe just a couple of years. Peter wrote these words. He says, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as the Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear. What did the Lord make clear to Peter? That he was going to die, that his time on earth was coming to an end. Could Peter have put two and two together and say, my time's coming to an end. I'm living under an impressive emperor. Perhaps he's going to be the one, the reason I die, because he's a pressing Christian. Peter, knowing that, still wrote under God's inspiration, honor the king. Okay, how is that possible? Because it certainly doesn't make any human sense. All right, let's put a pause in our story there and just listen. When God created Adam and Eve prior to sin, he, God was the government. There, were, there was no need for any other government than God himself because Adam and Eve were fellowshipping with him every day. There was no rebellion in their hearts. Life was good. Then Adam and Eve fell and sin entered the world. And with sin came rebellion Man going his own way. If you want to know what that looks like, just read what society was like prior to the flood. Wickedness, evil to the point that God says we got to start over. Okay? So what God did to combat man's wickedness was he delegated his authority to authority on the earth to help bring order to the earth. This was God's doing. This was God's plan. That there be governmental authority. There'd be authority in the home. There'd be authority at the workplace. Can you imagine going to work and no one's in charge? Come on, it wouldn't be much getting done, would it? How much are they getting paid? I don't know. You know nobody knows anything, man. Just, just work. Work? Do what? I don't know. Just do something. It wouldn't be good. So God ordained authority to bring order to a fallen earth. Say, Pastor, you got a scripture for that? Yeah, well, let's write down. God in his wisdom delegated his authority to earthly institutions to bring order to the earth. Here it is. Everyone, say everyone, must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except what God has established. Who established the authorities? God. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Lack of honor will bring judgment, okay? Now, please understand that all legitimate authority has been established by God. That does, mean that, that does not mean that all authority is godly. I think we all understand that, right? Yeah, we're, not everyone who's over top of us is necessarily godly. But now listen, this is the hope we have. If someone is sitting in a seat of authority over you, and they're ungodly, and, and, and they're doing things that don't make any sense, they will stand before God someday, and they will have to give account for the fact that they sat in a seat that God ordained, and they did not acknowledge the God who put them in that seat. If you understand, say amen. On the other hand, if you do not honor the one God put in that seat, you will have to give account. Do you understand that? No one's getting away with anything in this story. 
The authorities will give account for their lack of acknowledging God in light of the position they were put in. And we will give account of how we look at, treat, and honor those authorities that sit in those seats. Everybody got it? If you got it, say, I got it, Pastor. That is why in the Bible you will see that when it comes to the family unit, God tells children to honor their mother and father. It's the first commandment with the promise. Here it is, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it will go well with you. Because if that child doesn't learn this principle of honor in the home at a young age, it's not gonna go well with him. That's how important this principle is. Now, can I help mom and dad, whether you're in the house or whether you're listening, some mom and dad say, go ahead, pastor. Okay, Uh, honor is not taught by saying, you will honor me, I'm your dad. Good luck with that. Honor is taught by honoring. It starts with how you treat your spouse. Those little eyes are watching you. And when you dishonor each other with the words that you say in front of them, how can you expect them to honor you when you're sowing seeds of dishonor? Come on, say out your amen. Yeah, so, so honor is taught, okay? Honor is taught to your children by teaching them to be respectful to those who are in authority. When they go to school and the teacher sends a note that little Johnny didn't behave today, and you say to little Johnny, well, what does that teacher know? You're an angel. You've just sowed seeds of dishonor in your child. And if you think that the teacher is, is wrongly treating your child, then you set up a private meeting and deal with that in private. Come on, somebody. Because honor is one of the principal things that you want to sow to your children. Because I don't know about you, I want it to go well with my kids. And I think so do you. Come on. That's why my dad, listen, my dad, when I went to elementary school, it doesn't seem like it was that many years ago. Maybe it was. My principal had a two-handed paddle with holes in it. In his office. And he used it. And you know what my dad said to me? He said, son, you get paddled at school, you'll get paddled again when you get home. And unbeknownst to me at the time, he was teaching me the principle of honor. You dishonor the principle, you're going to face repercussions at home. Come on, somebody. When you talk to your children about police officers, you need to teach them to honor God's agents. Can we be honest for a moment? And listen, understand this message may go in a certain direction. Listen. You know, I, I, am not, I am not saying there's no injustice. I'm not saying there's ever mistakes by authority that's made that need, need to be dealt with. That is not the primary purpose of this message. The primary purpose of this message is to help us to walk in honor. Does everybody understand that? But can we be honest for a moment? I don't know of any case where a police officer walked up to somebody and just shot them for no reason. Most times, pretty much all times, there's some sort of confrontation that leads to that. And then they have to question whether they use the appropriate amount of force. Uh, and quite obviously, those things can be talked about. But ultimately, if you respect and honor those God said to you, it's probably gonna go well with you. And there are ways to deal with injustice if you feel like you were wrongly, probably not at that moment. All right, now, what has happened in our culture, listen, authority flows down. You understand? Authority, authority flows down. Everyone in this world is under authority. Even if you are the president of the United States, you have accountability to Congress and the Supreme Court, but you also have accountability to God. There's no one on this earth who sits at the top. 
There's only one who sits at the top, God. So, so authority flows down. So, so you always want to learn to honor up. How many of you want to move up? Yeah, you move up by honoring up. You don't move up by tackling the person who's ahead of you. Come on, you always honor up. And what has happened in our culture is, is we're losing this and it's causing mass confusion. Examples. When the mayor of Portland says to federal authorities, federal police, who want to come and guard federal courthouses. Okay, how many of you know federal police have the right to defend federal courthouses? And if you are a mayor, you are under the higher authority. So when the mayor of Portland says, we don't want any federal authorities here, he is dishonoring up, and it's not going to go well with him. Uh, how are things in Portland, by the way? Yeah, not good. In Baltimore, a number of years ago, turn back to Freddie Gray, Mondaman Mall, some youth get out of school, start throwing rocks at police. Order comes from upstairs for the police to back down. You know in the spiritual realm what happened that day? Somebody say what? Basically, the authority was handed over to the teenagers of Baltimore. And if you look at what has happened since then, look at how many carjackings are done by teenagers. How many teenagers are being, I mean, this, friend, this is, there are spiritual principles that rule this world, and if you don't get it right, it's not gonna go well with you. Not gonna go well with your city, not gonna go well with our country, and listen, I don't have any control about how unbelievers act, but I sure hope I have something to say about how believers act. And I want you to get this one right. Come on, somebody. All over America right now, and here, here, here's what's happening. So, so if I'm a mayor of a city, probably I appointed the chief of police, right? I mean, it might have had to been approved by the city council, but ultimately I did the search. So, so I am the covering for that police department as mayor. So, so if I start to distance myself from that police department to be politically correct, I basically push them out from under my authority. And that covering isn't there. And that's what we're seeing happening. You, you understand? Talk to Officer Ryan out in the lobby today about the morale of the Baltimore County Police Department. He will tell you it's not good. You know why it's not good? Because they sense that. They sense that they're not being honored, that that covering is being removed. Come on, somebody. Romans 13, 4 says this. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. Now, if, if Paul would have wrote this in 2020, well, he wouldn't have said he does not bear the sword in vain. What would he said? He does not bear the handgun for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the, on the under. So think about it. A police officer is God's servant. Does that mean he should have a heart to bring order, do right, treat people justly? He's God's servant. But what if someone pulls out a gun and points it at him? What if someone comes running after him with a knife? What if it happened yesterday or the day before someone in a car went through a barrier and slammed into a Baltimore City police officer's car? Listen, he is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. He is God's appointed. He has every right as God's agent to use force, appropriate force, when his life is being threatened. Those aren't my words, friends. Whose words are they? Yeah, they're, they're God's words. Help us to see it today. Come on. Here is the thing with honor. Come on, somebody. We've got to get this right. We've got to get this right. Now, 
What happens when government oversteps their bounds? What happens when government becomes heavy-handed? Well, when government becomes heavy-handed, first of all, we all suffer. When taxes are raised and raised and raised, and you look at your paycheck and you say, man, I thought I worked this week. Then, then you suffer for government's mess up. When, when restrictions are put on businesses that tie their hands to the point that it's hard to be a businessman or a businesswoman, then, then we suffer. Come on, how many know the Bible talks about you know, suffering at the hands of the ungodly, right? But there's really not much you can do. What are you gonna do, not pay your taxes and go to jail over taxes? So you pay your taxes, you do what you have to do. But there is something that government, uh, a point that government can reach. When, when they ask you now, when the heavy hand of government ask you to do something that is in direct opposition to this book. Then you have a right to stand up and listen, appeal to the higher authority. You understand? We're under authority. God asks us to honor and obey. But there does come a point where you say, you know what? I'm going to have to appeal. It happened to Peter and the apostles. They were hauled in by the Jewish police, if you will. And say, look, we are commanding you to no longer preach in the name of Jesus. And what did Peter say? Peter said, listen, man, I, I, you're not the one who commissioned me to preach or not to preach. I've been commissioned by a higher power. And I'm going to obey God rather than man in this case. Now, now, don't use that out of context. Don't use that out of context. Hey, there, there are believers in places in the world where it's illegal to have a Bible. Yet God has given us his word. So what do they do? They take their Bible, or in many of those countries, someone will get a Bible, and they'll, they'll tear, literally tear it apart so that everybody can have a little bit of Scripture. And they'll hide it in their home, and they'll treasure it, and they'll read it, knowing that if they're found with it, they might go to prison. Places in this world, particularly in Muslim countries, where it's illegal to proselytize, that means if you witness to a Muslim with the intent of, of bringing them to Jesus, you could be jailed and tortured. And yeah, those believers are wise. They don't necessarily stand up in their bus and start preaching Jesus. They'd be in jail in a hurry. But they're open. And if God opens the door, they will share their faith knowing what it might cost them. Are you listening today? In our own country right now, there are pastors in California who are saying enough is enough. Telling us we can't sing in church when the Bible tells us to sing into the Lord. I recently watched a very, very moving pastor in California, when I say a moving video that he presented. Pastor's a large church in California, and he basically said this. He said, look, we, like most of the other churches in our nation, initially we all closed down because we didn't know what COVID was. We didn't want our people to get sick. So we, we all submitted, we closed down. And, uh, um, and he, said, he said, but in my, in my valley, there's two million people. He says, I've done the research. He said, he said, the threat's not in our valley. There's been a minimal number of people that have died, a minimum people that are sick. And so, so now I'm looking at what, what the state of California is asking us to do. And what they're asking us to do is not meet in person. And if you do meet, it can only be 60 people outside and no singing. He said, we got 3,000 people in our church. He says, well, how do we, what, what do you do? And he showed the, the great ministries of that great church, the buses that pick up kids and all the things they do that have been sitting idle. He says, we've decided to reopen because God tells us not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And at this point, it's really not a health risk. So we're gonna, we're gonna choose to disobey government. And he was very gentle. He was, not, he was not mad at anybody. He was just simply presenting his case. He didn't call his people to come back to church with a bat. 
rocks. He said, come back with a heart to worship and lift up Jesus. And they came back by the thousands. But listen, one of the saddest parts of, of, of that video, he said, my grandkids are worried about me. They're worried. This man's 69 years old. He said, they're worried that they're going to come and take Pop Pop to jail. Think about that in America. We've released prisoners out of jail to keep them safe from COVID. And now we're going to think about putting pastors in jail. Come on. So, so, so I'm not preaching a double message. We honor authority. We're, we're, we're gentle. We're, we're not mad at anybody. We're going to be respectful. But should authority ever reach a place? This could be true in laws that come out that would, that would go against, that, that tell you how you have to teach your children this or you have to do that. And you say, look, sir, government, I can't do that because I, I have a, hard, a higher priority, a higher authority that I appeal to. Come on, somebody. You do it gently, you do it respectfully, but you stand strong. I've always loved the story of, of Richard Wormbrand. And I, I want to back up before I tell you that story. Hold on. Go skip past this. There was, there was Peter's reply. We must obey God rather than man. So, so let me take you to Hebrews 11 before I tell you this, the story that I've talked about before, Richard Wormbrand. So Hebrews chapter 11 is the great faith chapter. And if you begin to read Romans chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, you'll, it starts out talking about the great men and women of faith who use their faith to see great things happening. The Red Sea parts, manna comes from heaven. The dead are raised to life. But then he talks about others who had a faith that wasn't so much a miracle-producing faith, but it was a faith that held on in the midst of great persecution. And he honors them in that chapter, and he says things like this. He says, others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, prosecuted and mistreated. I love this, listen. The world was not worthy of them. God, God looked down from heaven and he said, look at these, look at these God-honoring people who are willing to stand up against the injustice of government who was telling them they can't worship God, they can't love God, they can't serve God. They said, do to me what you will. I'm not going to throw a stone at you. I'm not going to rebel. Do to me what you will. Come on, my God in heaven will honor me. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. I've told you the story of Richard Wormbrand. I need to find another story sometime soon. Richard Wormbrand was a Romanian pastor who, when communism took over, refused to stop preaching the gospel. He was thrown in prison. In prison, he, stopped, he refused to stop preaching the gospel, and he was often beaten. Yet God gave him an incredible heart for these communist soldiers. Now, I don't know how that's possible. How can you love someone that's almost daily beating you? And see, that, that's why we need God in this matter. What I'm asking of you today is not, is not possible with a human heart. Our human heart says, I'll honor who I want to honor and dishonor who I want to dishonor. Come on, am I telling you the truth? But God says, would you grab onto something bigger than this? Would you grab a hold of my grace? Would you grab a hold of who I am? Would you begin to see people as I see them and not through a human lens? And Richard, Richard Wormbrand looked at those communist guards and saw the deception they were under, saw the blinders that was on his eyes, and prayed for them. 
And often he would be in a, in a prison cell having a Bible study with, with, with those who were in his cell. And, and a guard would look through the door, see what he was doing. They'd open the door, they'd drag him out, they'd beat him up, they'd throw him back in. And he'd brush himself off, sit back down and say, now where were we, brethren? Let's continue our study. But yet he prayed. Some of those guards came to Jesus because they couldn't stand it anymore. He said, how can this man tell us he loves him when we beat him up every day? Come on, anybody in this house recognize if ever we need God to work in our hearts to do what God wants us to do today? today? Does anybody in this house recognize that if we're going to see any cultural changes, it's not going to come by doing what the world does. It's going to come by doing what God says we're to do. And one of the primary things is honor. Show honor. Show honor. In a culture that's now becoming a cancel culture. If I don't agree with you, I know some of you saw in D.C. what happened this week. A group of people walked up to some outside diners and said, you're going to agree with me now. And when they refused to, they were spat on, they were cursed at. Come on, somebody. Tough to, tough to just sit there and say nothing or just say God bless you or just trust that God's going to protect you. But I believe God's got our back, church. And I believe if we'll do the right thing, the God thing, the Bible thing, ultimately God will honor us. Come on, somebody. And that's what I'm after. I don't care what this world does. I want to do what God wants. Anybody, anybody with me today? Listen, would, would, you, would you stand with me this morning, please? And whether you're in this house or whether you're listening online, listen to me. Honor starts by recognizing the person that you need to honor above all others. He's got a name. His name is Jesus. And when he opens your eyes and draws you and you reach that moment where you realize you're, you were not put here on this earth to go your own way to do your own thing. But you were put here to serve the God who created you and when you ran from him, he loved you enough to die for you. Come on, would you do it today? Just It's as simple as opening up the door of your heart and just surrendering to that knocking that's going on in your heart. You can do it in this service. You can do it at home. Jesus, let today be the day that somebody begins to honor God with their life because they surrender to you. Listen, church, I want to pray for you. If you're willing to receive this prayer, would you just raise your hands right where you are right now? Come on, Father. We need your help, God. Because none of us can do what I've talked about today without your help. None of us can do, when we, we can't honor people rightly unless, God, you give us grace, unless you change how we look at people, unless we see people like you see people and we stop seeing people as being against us or disagreeing with us. We see people as, as precious in your sight, somebody that you died for. That would enable us to answer gently to someone who's in our face. To love somebody with compassion because we realize we now live in a society where, where people are blind to the things of God and only you have the ability, Lord, to remove their blinders. So help us to demonstrate the same grace that you've given to us and to honor up, Lord. Because everybody who seats in a position, who sits in a position of authority, is sitting in a position that you ordained. Help us to be an honoring people, Father. And help us above, Lord, to honor you. Come on, with your hands raised. 
Would you just give some honor to God right now? It should be the easiest thing in all the world to say, Lord, I bless you. I love you today, Jesus. I honor you. Because, Lord, when I was not worthy of any bit of honor, Lord, you honored me by introducing me to Jesus, your son. And I'm grateful for that today, God. We bless you today, Lord. Listen, I'm going to open up these altars. I'm going to ask that before you go out these doors, would you just worship through this song that Wayne's about to play? I feel the Spirit of God in this place, and sometimes you just need to soak a little to give God a chance to finalize what he's speaking to you about. You can get out of your seat, come to this altar. You can stay where you were, but give God this opportunity to make this very real to you in Jesus' name.